are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know around the association. On Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Nola Jake. And I'm John Corrales. I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. You follow me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. This is a pretty fun day. We've got nine games in the association to recap for you, plus all-star reserves for were announced, which means we've got all-star snubs. And today's episode is also brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Players of the Week coming up a little bit later in the episode. John, you got your hot takes ready for the All-Star the uh, hottest, rosters being announced? The hottest of takes. It's tough to <laughs> I get do actually, fired up with this. I, I, oh, think I, feel, okay. I feel like I've got actual like unpopular opinions. So, b- but before any of that, I'm excited for that because that's going to make this a little bit more fun. It, this is always kind of fun, and it's always wonderful to kind of see the Twitter outrage. And I think we, as the Locked On Network, did a good job of like standing for our guys where necessary. If you've seen all of the Locked On Now clips that we've thrown out there, make sure you're following at Locked On NBA Pods Net uh, because we've got all the hot takes for you, or just insight from the people who cover their teams on a daily basis, the local experts. Because you get into that, right? People are inevitably going to get left off the East and West All-Stars when there's only 12 people here. First and foremost, they need to expand these rosters. Oh, my God. Like, just bring it up to the times, man. There's 15 people 15. on an NBA roster. Make it 15. Like, make it appropriate to what the league is. You have 15 men on a roster. Put 15 men on an All-Star team. It's very simple. Gives gives you 30 spots and look there's probably what 40 ish guys that you could make some sort of claim for some better than others but this season especially tw- yes. it, it, that's the thing like this year always someone was going to get left off that you're like you know what he's deserving of being on there the problem then becomes whose spot does he take so if you've got your boy probably Devin Booker people right now thinking he should be an all-star who are you taking off to put Booker on there yeah here's my proposal just popped into my head Here's here's my new We're solving the NBA proposal. again. Ready for this? Yeah. All right, here we go. It's 12 East, 12 West, and then six from any conference. I love so it. That's perfect. You're picking you're picking two captains anyway. You're not doing East West anyway. So you still do your 12, you still do your 12, and then the other six in in a particular case if you say, "Hey, there's one guy in the West and five in the East that need to get in." Boom, done. It doesn't matter because you're not going by conference. That's how you do 15 and 15. I like it. So look, in case anyone missed it, here are the reserves for the Western Conference. Anthony Davis, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Zion Williamson. And for the East, your boy Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, and Nikola Vucevic. You can't really complain with any of those, right? Like there's no one on that list that I'm like, what, you know, what the hell are they doing on there? It's just, as you mentioned, it's, it's really good this year, but, but let's hear the hot take you have. Okay. So my hot take is, and it's not the hottest of takes, but like Mike Conley needs to be on this all-star team. I, I, when I was picking my all-stars, Mike Conley is on my team and only because 
This is his last chance. And we yeah, need pretty much. To, we need to take certain things into account. Like, who do you leave off when you're you're putting Mike Conley on? Well, I don't know. You take take one of these young guys off. Like a guy that is going to be on there uh probably perennially. Uh you can you can replace pick anybody. I don't care. That you, you just think like on. as a lifetime achievement award kind of thing. Cause he's never been an all-star before he needs he's to never be on been. there. Okay. And, this is, and he's probably not going to have a better chance. You're right. Right. This is, this is his last chance. And so as I look at the, the West reserves, um, I think that he has a case amongst the, 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 the jazz, uh, the, the, the guys who make the jazz go. So Conley and Gobert have been like simpatico. Their their kind of connection is part of why the Jazz have have been so good. And because the Jazz have been so good, you can say, hey, yeah, three guys uh, make sense for them. Um, Conley, his on-off numbers, his advanced numbers actually support an all-star case. This isn't an egregious thing. I think that for a guy like Conley, who has done so much for teams that have flown under the radar and has been as underrated as he has, an all-star nod this year is, I don't want to say imperative because there's nothing imperative about the all-star team, but take Chris Paul off the all-star team. He's had 10 all-star appearances. His legacy is cemented. You know what I mean? Like, so he doesn't get this one and you don't, he doesn't have 11 big effing deal. Put Conley on and give him this, this reward for being a damn good player and a guy that's just maybe been boxed out uh, of, of past appearances. I I just think that for once you got to give this guy a, a little bit of recognition and, and just like, not an injury replacement. He should have been part of this team. Uh, look, I, I don't disagree. I think I'd have a tough time putting him ahead of a guy like Devin Booker, who's also left off this list. And look, there's four first-time All-Stars on this team. When, you, when you're talking about leave off some of the young guys here, you've got Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, and Zion Williamson, four guys that are making their first All-Star game. And so it just kind of depends on the way you want to swing it to some degree, right? Do people tune in to see the young rising stars and play and have fun in this game? Or, or is it about who's most deserving? And again, this is the problem where 12 people in each conference kind of rears its head because we, we could do hours, literally hours, I have right. no doubt with you and I, because we can go for a real long time talking here about like who should make it on and who shouldn't. Uh, you know, I look at Devin Booker, who's, Probably, in my opinion, the biggest snub here, but his numbers are down from last season, just slightly what he was an all-star. How do you put him on then, right? So, so Anthony Davis is going to be an injury. It's, so it kind of fixes so itself to Devin some Booker. degree, right? Like Devin right. Booker is going to take AD's spot, and it's kind of like all's well that ends well, well I think, there. Take Paul George off. Paul George, now Paul George having an amazing season, but also legacy cemented. He hasn't played enough games to qualify for any of the leaders. You look at the scoring leaders, even though he's averaging 25 or whatever, and he's having a great season, not going to doubt that at all. But you can say he hasn't played enough games 
if he if you don't mm-hmm. qualify to be one of the league leaders, then maybe you don't qualify for the All Star game, and that's how you get Mike Conley on. I'm I'm certainly not going to argue these other guys like Dame. I'm not taking off that list. No, Mitchell, he should be on there. There, there should they should be on there. It, Zion it, should be on there. Okay, and look, Lillard should Paul, probably be a starter, right, over Luka Doncic, yes. I think. And it was the fan vote that swung it in Doncic's favor again, which is fine. It's an exhibition game, you know. It's here to have right. fun. And look, we're literally doing this for money and ratings. <laughs> right. We shouldn't even be having a game. But right. <laughs> I think, and look, and, and Booker for sure. I think he should be on there. And 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 I would, again, Chris Paul, deserving, absolutely. I'm going to go with the better story. I want the better story on there. Chris Paul, we get it. Nothing changes with Chris Paul making this team. Nothing changes with Paul George making this team. Your your legacies are, we know who you are. You're going to be fine. You're both Hall of Famers. We get it. Get Mike Conley the damn all-star appearance that he deserves. Look, that's fair. I I don't necessarily disagree with that. And, you know, this is also a factor into the Eastern Conference. So I think it's a little bit less egregious than maybe, you know, some of the snubs, if you can really call them that in the Western Conference. Is there anyone you think should, you know, should have at least been in the running to be one of the reserves in the West, in the East? Sorry. Oh, well, the East. So the East has like these groups. It's almost like in the all in, in the Hall of Fame where they have these committees, like, you know, they have the women's committee and they have the African-American committee. And like, you pick from these groups, it's almost like they have these groups of players. Like Julius Randle won from this group of like the DeMontis Sabonis, <laughs> um, you know, Jeremy Grant, like. Like nope. Sabonis is, is kind of the biggest one to me. I think Randall should have been in. I've been very high on him this year. And I actually think a lot of what you're seeing from him is, is real, which is kind of weird for me to say. Sabonis, who was an all-star last year, is having a better season this year. And it's just so competitive, right? Yeah. And so my, my all-stars, as I, as I wrote on Boston Sports Journal, my East all-stars are obviously Brown and Tatum, James Harden. Can I tell you, I just I wanted to leave James Harden off. Because he started out in the West and he he salts his way off, and so I don't like putting a guy who started in one conference onto the other conference's team. That happens rarely. This was a, an opportunity for me to be like, okay, we're gonna leave Harden off, but he was just so he's just too good. He was too good, so yeah. he's on there. Zach Levine I had on on there, and Julius Randle I had on there. The two guys that I left off, so I didn't have Vooch and I didn't have Ben Simmons because I thought Ben Simmons had too many early no-shows that I know he's come on strong, but I thought too many early no-shows for the Sixers. I actually put Tobias Harris on there from Philly. Cause I think, interesting. Tobias, yeah, I think Tobias Harris, now Tobias Harris emerges from that wing scorer group that includes like Chris Middleton and Pascal Siakam and, and, you know, Jeremy Grant, I, you know, Jeremy Grant kind of crosses a couple, but uh, Fred Van Vliet, but um, yeah, I think when you look at Tobias Harris's splits, uh, the fact that Tobias Harris has been their main guy carrying second unit teams, and that's been successful for the Sixers, I think that kind of is a little bit of a tiebreaker for me. They're the number one seed, and they rely on, on Tobias to carry bench units, and it's been working. I think that kind of elevates him a little bit. All of look, this is to say that 
flip a oh, coin. Go ahead. No, I'm yeah. basically saying flip a coin on a lot of these guys. Look, uh, I, I could have seen the argument for leaving Ben Simmons off. And look, Trey Young, who was a starter on the team last year, is left off of this. That one yep. is a little bit interesting. But the Hawks, you know, being on the outside of the playoffs looking in, I think is a big thing. And, man, the guards in the East are kind of stacked, right? Like, that's a big part of the problem here. And it's just kind of a log jam. And, again, ultimately is going to get back to what we were saying of, can we please get some more spots? Because yeah, there's absolutely. so many deserving guys. Like Jimmy Butler's not even in the conversation, probably because he's missed too many games, I think. Same right. for CJ McCollum in the Western Conference, too, that he was having an all-star level season that on amazing. You know, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so some of it's inconsistency, right? Like some of these gay guys have missed a lot of games, like Paul George, and then he gets in, and then Jimmy Butler doesn't because of it. You know, that's it's something to look at with this, and this can tie into players' monies too. Don't forget that. You know, there's a financial incentive, contract incentives with it all. But a lot more debate going on on this. Is your favorite player on your favorite team a snub left off? Go ahead, John. Bam out of bio. Another big name, snub. There we go. Go listen to that show. Go listen to Locked on Heat or Locked on Suns. Um, and look, we haven't even mentioned Shea Gilgis Alexander, right? On the oh, Oklahoma City guy, Thunder, who, who has an argument. So many. If you want to hear if these guys are fuming or what the local angle is on it all, make sure you go listen to Locked On, whatever that team may be. But you know what? John and I seem pretty happy about this because our guys made it on there into <laughs> the All-Star game. And that brings us to the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. We're going to call it Players of the Week. You know, Michelob is about feeling good, joyfulness, happiness, just enjoying the game. And both Jalen Brown and Zion Williamson are guys that do it. And as they say, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So we're going to give the ultra players of the week to both Zion Williamson and to Jalen Brown. You know, it's are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? And both these guys being all-stars certainly are happy right now. And look, you can be happy too, especially with Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Go out, enjoy yourself just a little bit more with Michelob Ultra. While we're talking about the NBA, you're probably missing a lot of the uh, other sports news in the world, especially the Tiger Woods stuff, which is crazy. It's all covered on the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski who gives you all of the details on all the sports stories, the big sports news with the help from our local experts. And it's all done in under 20 minutes. So subscribe to Locked On Today, wherever you get your podcasts. So John, I'm curious about this because we've got a bunch of games we need to cover, but I want to kick it off with your Boston Celtics losing 107-110 <laughs> to the Dallas Mavericks. It's a to? bit of a skid right now. It's people, I know the fans are panicking a little bit, so... What's going on with Boston there? Yeah, so this is the thing with the Celtics. Okay, so they've lost 7 of 10, and they've dropped to the sixth seed in the East. Um, but only five and a half games out. So it's still like there, there are two sides to this Celtics story. There, there's still no Marcus Smart. Um, they've played a ridiculous amount of games. They're, they're basically playing four games a week. And in the back-to-backs in each week. So there is a side that says it's, it's crazy. They're shorthanded. Kemba is trying to work his way back. And they, there's no way for them to be fully right right now. There's another side that says they've got two all-stars. 
Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. They've got a coach that's supposed to be good in Brad Stevens, a GM that's supposed to be good in Danny Ainge. Why, when you have those elements, aren't you good despite this? If you have two all-stars, you're supposed to be a good team, right? And so that's the challenge between these two teams, between these two concepts. And, and I think there, there's kind of like this middle ground where, where the truth really lies and that the Celtics were never built to withstand this level of, um, I think, uncertainty in the middle of a season. They built their team to have Kemba Walker come back in January when they thought the season was going to start in January. And for it to start when it did, now you're working Kemba back in the middle of a season. He's starting to figure it out. Like he had a 14-point fourth quarter in this. The Celtics looked dead and then down 11 with three plus minutes to go they came back and took a lead i was gonna say it's not like they got blown out in this game it was won by luka Doncic on a miracle step back three-pointer basically his time was expiring and if you haven't seen that shot go yeah two three-pointers basically um i'm talking the final one which was a dagger and awesome and if you haven't seen it you definitely need to check it out yeah so so Look, let's take it back to our game when we talked about it over the weekend. Okay, what was the hallmark of that game? The Celtics looked good early, and then they faded late. In this one, they looked terrible early, and they came on late. The Celtics have, you know, going into this game, and I didn't double-check the numbers, but coming into this game, they had the second-worst fourth-quarter net rating in the league ahead of only Cleveland, which – is ridiculous for a team that has aspirations of at least making a deep playoff run. Yeah, that's not going to be good. So now this fourth quarter helps them, but the fourth quarter against you guys and your your New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans hurt them. Uh, who are they? Who are they really? We don't know, and th- and that's part of the problem here. Danny Ainge has trade opportunities and tools in that traded player exception to make significant moves. Uh, this team has levels where they can they can reach a higher kind of level of play where Kemba and Jalen and Jason are, are, are playing better together and Marcus Smart's going to be in this mix. And when you add all of these players, you know how it goes with injuries. The guys yep. that you're depending on to be starters and big contributors fall back into their normal roles and then the guys who were in those other roles just fall off and don't play at all. And so that makes it a little easier to, to, um, to figure out who they are. Right now, they're just basically a mediocre team. And are they just basically limping to the all-star break? I'm basically, yeah. They're trying to get to a point where, look, you're going to get Marcus Smart back, but you're also going to get Romeo Langford back a wing, a, a, a young guy it's, that you're, you're not asking him to do much, but he's a switchable wing defender, which the Celtics lack at this time. So hopefully for the Celtics, they don't have uh, a crazy second half schedule and we can actually see who they are somewhat healthy and with a better complement off the bench um, of 
wings that can come in and defend and maybe hit a shot, maybe drive against a closeout, and just some kind of help for Tatum and Brown. Like, not to drag this on, but like, Peyton no, it makes Pritchard. sense. Look, you need to catch your breath and regroup. And there's really only one chance you're going to have to do that this season. And it's at the break coming up because you're basically playing games every other day. So they just right. need to get there. Okay. We can breathe for a second and try and put something together. Right. Like they're relying on Peyton Pritchard to give them, he's a rookie. And at the end of the draft, they, the, you know, a guy that I, I was at in the second round. That, that game on Sunday against the Pelicans, I was in the stands with a friend and he was like, who, who the hell is that guy? And he's a pretty <laughs> keyed in NBA guy and like did not know what was going on with some of the people out there for the Celtics. So that kind of tells you all you need to know about that one. So other games tonight in the association, the Atlanta Hawks losing to the Cleveland Cavaliers, 112-111. Let's let Locked On Hawks take it away. Hello, friends. My name is Brad Rowland and I will be telling you about what became a pretty hideous loss for the Atlanta Hawks by a final score of 112 to 111 up in Cleveland. Atlanta was in control of this game for at least large portions of the second half. I will say it was not a blowout at any point. They were definitely not dominating this game in the way they probably should have if they were at full strength. The Hawks were without some key pieces, especially in the second half when John Collins left the game with a concussion evaluation protocol situation at halftime. Still, Atlanta was in a position to win this game, and then they just did not execute at all down the stretch of this contest. They scored four points in the final five minutes, including a scoreless stretch of about two and a half minutes at the end of the game. Several makeable shots, several makeable possessions offensively, and then at the very end, up one with 20 seconds to go out of a timeout. They get a pretty decent look. It doesn't fall, and then in, in defensive transition, the Cavs get all the way to the rim with Lamar Stevens for a pretty clear, open uncontested dunk at the rim. The Hawks didn't have a chance to come back and either, uh, yeah, I guess, win the game on a walk-off, but actually failed to get a shot up, and it was uh, pretty much as ugly as it could have been at the, end, at the end of this contest. Obviously, lots of nuance, lots of blame to go around for what is a pretty bad loss for Atlanta, but a full podcast to come on Locked on Hawks, and uh, the short version is the Hawks needed to win that game, and they absolutely did not win it. So they are struggling now, and uh, we'll touch on that much, much more on the podcast. Trey Young in this game, 28 points, uh, 12 assists, and 7 rebounds. Colin Sexton for the uh, Sixers, 29 points, 5 assists, 9 of 16 shooting. Nice. Yeah, um, also potentially an all-star snub as well. Yeah, sure. Next next up, we got the Pistons over the Magic, 105-93. Let's let Locked On Pistons take it away. What's happening, guys? It's Matt Shook from Locked On Pistons. Hey, the Pistons get the win, 105-93 tonight. In Orlando, the big news, Saban Lee. That's right. You probably have never heard of him. He's a second-round pick out of Vanderbilt, the 38th pick of the draft. Rookie point guard on a two-way contract for the Pistons. 21 points for the 21-year-old tonight. He was outstanding. He was a project for Troy Weaver and Dwayne Casey, and he's turned into a player already. Uh, We'll see if he can maintain it night in and night out with DeLon Wright out and Derrick Rose traded away to the New York Knicks. There will be plenty of minutes. Dennis Smith Jr. played well as well at the point guard position. So a position that looked like a real liability for the Pistons these next couple weeks looked like a strength for one night in Orlando. We'll talk about it on Locked on Pistons tomorrow. So check it out. This is Matt Shook. Talk to you guys later. For the Pistons, Jeremy Grant, 17 points, seven rebounds, six assists. And Nick Vucevic, all-star, 20 points, nine rebounds, four assists for him. 
And then before we head up into the next segment coming up here in a minute, the New York Knicks with fans in the stands flop at home against the Golden State Warriors. Warriors win 114-106. Let's hear what Locked On Knicks has to say. Guys, this is Gavin Shaw of the Locked On Knicks podcast. On a night on which the Knicks had the highest of expectations, well, they failed to live up to them. I'm playing in front of their home fans for the first time in nearly a calendar year. The Knicks lost to the Warriors 114-106. to And this one was marred by disappointing performances from their young centerpieces. Emmanuel Quickly is now just 3-for-22 over his last three games at points tonight. He looked overconfident at other times, hesitant, passing up open threes and getting stalled out time and time again after generating switches against the Warriors' bigs. R.J. Barrett completely out of control for most of this game. Uh, missed a key free throw down the stretch, and his passing vision to some extent has just abandoned him in his second year. He's shown flashes, especially early in the season, showed plenty of flashes of being a great passer his rookie year, just missing open guys left and right, seemingly playing with tunnel vision night after night after night. So what was a bright spot for the Knicks? It was Obadiah Toppin. The rookie out of Dayton has looked overmatched for the majority of his initial NBA season, but he was a stud in this one. Seven points, three of three from the field, and perhaps his best two-way sequence of the season, stripping Kane. Bazemore on the drive, running down the court and taking a sky-high lob from Alec Burks and flushing it home over a couple of Warriors big men. The Knicks will look to bounce back Thursday against the Sacramento Kings. Until then, I'm Gavin Shaw. Julius Randle, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. I'm I'm happy he's in the All-Star game, but this is not what New York fans wanted to see for the team that is in playoff contention, surprisingly so. I know, but it's still fun to see the Knicks Sorry, from a Boston perspective, it's still fun to see the Knicks kind of flop again in front of their home crowd. 37 points for Steph Curry in this one. Uh, didn't shoot well overall from the field, but 7 of 14 from 3 and 12 of 12 from the line. Six rebounds, six assists. And hey, how about a couple of steals for Steph? Yeah, nice. And he's in the All-Star game. Everyone's an All-Star basically this season, or it feels like. So coming up next on Locked On NBA, a head coaching debut in February maybe some tampering does a team need to sell off and oh yeah some just heavy hitters in the east going at it we got all of that and more coming up here in a minute on locked on nba before we do that though today's episode of locked on nba brought to you by built bar this one's really simple built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever john and i spend our own money on these things right now i, I am look mint brownie the double chocolate's really good too my girlfriend really likes the raspberry flavor. These things are like a candy bar. You're not going to even realize you're eating something healthy for you. That's because these bars are 100% covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. And they're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. And the fact that they're in low in calories, some have just 130 uh, calories and 17 grams of protein. You're not wasting all that cardio you just did. So you can eat one of these things before your workout, after your workout, and it's fine. Compare them to other bars on the market. And Bill Bar is not only going to win in taste, they're going to win in the nutritional facts. John, we spend our own money on these things. I don't know what better recommendation we can give. I just bought a box two days ago waiting for that delivery. Um, I've, I've really, you know what? I, I still have some peanut butter left, which is my favorite. I bought the mixed box again because I couldn't decide on which other box I wanted. But I did spend my own money on these. No, it's, it, that's how good these things are. And when you have that many people kind of swearing by them, you've got to give them a try. And the great news is you can do that. 
with the promo code locked on for 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. Try it, buy one box, the mixed box that John just mentioned. And when you find the flavors that you really like, go back to builtbar.com. And the great news is that locked on promo code is going to work again for another 20% off your next order. So take advantage while we've got this promo code running. Again, that's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. March Madness is around the corner, but the future of the NBA on display right now. So get a head start on next year's draft by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. It's a podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Draft guru, you knew him, you know him, Chad Ford, has his big board out there. So you got profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so five more games in the association to cover. We've got some interesting storylines kind of around all of these games. Let's start with the Minnesota Timberwolves in the head coaching debut of Chris Finch. After that all weirdness that happened, uh, losing to the Bucks 139-112. Let's let Locked On Timberwolves take it away. Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves here. The Timberwolves lost to the Bucks tonight by 27 points. You could say new coach, same result for the Timberwolves in Chris Finch's debut as their new head coach. Uh, they did play a lot better offensively. They scored 112 points after two straight games under 100 before Ryan Saunders was fired on Sunday night. Uh, but the defense was atrocious in this one. Giannis did whatever he wanted. The Wolves didn't have an answer. Not that anybody really does for Giannis, but Minnesota didn't have anybody that could slow him down at all. Offensively, Carlton Towns was much more involved as a passer, as we all expected um, in, in Chris Finch's offense. Had 11 assists in this game but shot just one of seven outside the arc. The Bucks shot over 53% from the field, and uh, the Wolves just didn't have an answer from Milwaukee's offense, and that was the biggest issue. They're back at it in 24 hours. We'll talk all about it on the postgame pod on Locked on Wolves. Be sure that you're subscribed to Locked on Wolves for all your Timberwolves content. So yeah, still kind of same old, same old for the Minnesota Timberwolves right now, but 26 points, eight rebounds, and 11 assists from Carl Anthony Towns. So something offensively is at least probably starting to turn for him. Not bad, not bad. 37 points for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Of course, he led the Bucks. Eight rebounds, eight assists, uh, 10 of 13 from the line, 13 of 18 overall for the Greek Freak. Then uh, the Wizards losing to the Clippers, 116, 135. I'm, I'm not interested in this game because the Clippers should have won. They beat them pretty handily as they should have. The bigger story is... With the Knicks in this one, right? <laughs> it's weird to say oh, that. I felt oh, dirty because we're talking tampering now. Oh, the Knicks. So it was reported by Michael Kay, um, who works for the, uh, the station that broadcasts Knicks games. He said that World Wide West, William Wesley, who is an official employee of the Knicks, is back-channeling to Bradley Beal and trying to convince him to ask for a trade. This is pretty blatant, obvious tampering. Uh, obviously, everybody, if you're trying to back-channel your way into convincing somebody like Bradley Beal to make a trade, if you can do it without it getting out to Michael K, sure, this stuff happens all the time. The but horror, right? Even though this is a common occurrence in the NBA. Right, like I'm, we're not going to pearl clutch and be like, oh my God, what are the Knicks doing? Like every team is back channeling their way into guys like Beal and other star players who might be on the verge of 
huh, maybe I want maybe I want out. Except he's not given any indication that he wants out. And the fact is, if he did, no one would blame him, but he seems happy there. And if you've got to kind of go that back channel route to try and get the guy or to put it in his ear just to get him to leave the team in the first place, you're, you're probably not really in the running for his services. Sure, sure. Um, but look, I don't blame the Knicks for trying. No, of course I, not. I do blame the Knicks for somehow this getting out like this through, through a team employee who I guess he's not a team employee, but they broadcast the games like that. You've got to keep that stuff in house, right? <laughs> right. Right. Think about if you're listening to the show, there's always, there's one person who covers the team that works for the official, uh, whatever radio TV station or something that person never breaks this kind of news. And like, let me be real here. Michael K is not making calls. Michael K is not digging for tidbits. Like he's just basically getting told something and somebody told him that this is happening. Like, I don't think Michael K wakes up every day trying to break news like this. And yet here we are. So somebody got either sloppy or somebody is upset at this and i don't know where the whole truth lies but somehow somebody let this thing drop and if it's true if somehow the league can prove that worldwide west was in bradley beal's ear and trying to get him to leave that's the worst actual tampering that we've seen in the nba yeah okay i can't disagree with that so what does that cost the knicks Draft picks? Uh, you would you would imagine. Does Wes get fired? Like No, because nothing's going to happen from this and everything's going to be okay because the NBA likes to pretend like, oh, you know, they make a show of it look, when they need to. Like Nothing's going to come of this. Look, look, Jake, I normally agree with you, but you absolutely cannot have it publicly out there that in They're, they're going to claim he doesn't know what he's talking about. They're going to claim all... Like, again... The problem is there's so few paper trails when it comes to actual like tampering that like, I mean, I guess you don't need like due process in this sort of thing. And look, I'd love to see the NBA come down actually hard on some of this stuff, but look, I'll, I'll believe yeah. it when I see it. Unless they send Michael K a shoebox full of money and get, he resigns. Yeah, they're going to throw him job. under the bus. He's going to look like an idiot. Right. Even if he so, wasn't being okay, and everyone sure. and, and, and the, the sun will rise in the East tomorrow. Sure. And if they can, if they can eliminate any proof of this by Michael K saying, you know what? I screwed up. I resign or whatever. And then the Knicks can be like, here's a Chipotle black card. You can eat for free wherever you want. Like, no, whatever it is. But it is. But you good. cannot have direct evidence tying a, an employee to the most coveted target in the league. Look, yeah, you can't, but there's no evidence. It's just what he said. Unless they're unless the league's going to somehow appropriate his phone and be like, oh, we, you know, we look, man, they couldn't even get Tom Brady's phone. So let's not pretend like the league's going to be able to get Michael K's phone, who's not a player or anything like that. I, I got no I faith know. in the NBA to do anything with this. All right. Anyway, we got to move on from this. Otherwise, this is going to now be uh, a new topic for the show like all day long because. Look, I'll believe it when I see it. That it's really kind of that simple. That's fair. Anyway, that's fair. 
That's Moving on to the next game on the list here, the Sacramento Kings falling to the Brooklyn Nets, 118-127. You have De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, who's been one of the better rookies this year, combined for 50, and it, it doesn't matter because the Nets are better than the Kings. That They basically are better than the Kings. Um, James Harden, 29 points. Kyrie Irving, 21 points. But Bruce Brown, 29 points on 11 of 13 shooting. The Bruce Brown tour continues um, the, it, on a team where it's KD and Kyrie conspiring to leave their teams to join the Brooklyn Nets and James Harden sulking his way out of Houston to join the Brooklyn Nets. They have an honest to goodness, like feel good story on this team in Bruce Brown, him in the starting lineup kind of has helped this Brooklyn Nets team. They've, they've figured out a little something defensively. They've switched to this switching everything defense, and he's been a part of that. He's been a, a nice facilitator. He's been a nice part of this offense, this overflow guy. One of those little cogs, you know, you've got all these big gears in the watch, and he's one of those little cogs in the middle of the mechanism that actually makes this whole thing kind of work. And it's been fun to watch. Yeah, cool story for him. On the flip side of this, Sacramento's now lost eight straight after looking good to start the year. It's kind of really, you know, fallen apart. They had a nice stretch before this, I guess. You were just talking with the Locked On Kings crew that maybe it's time for them to start selling pieces off. Yeah, I, I hopped on uh, Locked On Kings uh the Tuesday show and talk to Matt George about the look, the decision is basically being made right now for the Kings. They, there was some you know conversation before this about the Kings, you know, do they want to make a run for this play in game? Do they want to make a run for this eighth seed? What do they want to do? Uh, it turns out that now that they've lost what eight straight games here, there's no reason to keep Harrison Barnes. <laughs> It's just not working, right? Like at this no. point, get get assets from him. And like clearly what you have, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, right? Like is just really, really bad. You got you got to try something different. Right. And you got to figure out what works on your timeline. So you know you've got De'Aaron Fox. You know you've got Tyrese Halliburton. Those are your your building blocks. So what do you what do you put around them? You you you've got Barnes, that's gonna be, I think very sought after and for uh, look i'm coming at it from a boston perspective the celtics would love to have harrison barnes now can can they give the kings what they need one of those wings neesmith or or langford plus picks is that something that satisfies the kings or because a lot of these free agents have dried up and other teams are looking to make a splash is somebody going to overpay as far as draft assets and give Maybe not a true holiday level kind of ridiculous haul, but something closer to that, something in between what my reasonable Celtics offer is and what the unreasonable <laughs> true holiday offer is, is somebody going to come in in the middle there and, and swoop in and get Harrison Barnes? This could be an opportunity for a seller like Sacramento to get some really good assets. Yeah, which you normally wouldn't get for a guy like Harrison Barnes. And exactly. if they can get any deal like that, yeah, you take that. And you've got second. Buddy Healed and you got Rashawn Holmes. You've got M other maybe players. Buddy Healed, but yeah. 
Well, right. But I'm saying you've got these possibilities that could be traded. Yeah. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. No, there's, there's a lot of things they can do to kind of retool and build up a war chest. Certainly there. I think two more games in the association before we wrap up in today's show, big have kind of heavyweight battle in the Eastern conference. The Sixers being the Toronto Raptors, one Oh nine, one Oh two. Let's locked on Sixers and locked on Raptors. Take it away. Hey, this is Keith Pompey from locked on 76ers. The Sixers held on to beat the Toronto Raptors one Oh nine to one Oh two here Tuesday night. Hey, it was a pretty good game. A great performance by Tobias Harris, who had 23 points, seven seven rebounds, and five assists to lead the Sixers to victory on a night that Joel Embiid was held for three for 13 shooting. The Sixers made a lot of shots comparable to what they did the last time this, this team played. That was the difference of the game. Hey, Sean Woodley here from Lockdown Raptors to break down the Raptors. 109-102 loss to the Philadelphia 76ers on Tuesday night. A game the Raptors did not lose on account of their defense. They were outstanding at that end of the floor in this one. They hold Joel Embiid to 3 of 13 from the floor after being all over him on Sunday night as well. They've really kind of figured out Embiid, it seems. But... Where they lost this game was on the offensive end of the floor. They could not overcome a really tough shooting night for Fred Van Vliet. And this game ultimately proves that the Raptors need Kyle Lowry back something fierce. There was this sort of idea that maybe the Raptors are better without Lowry. They were 16-0 in their last 16 without Kyle by some strange happenstance. Obviously... Kyle Lowry is very good and will make this team a lot better, particularly on offense. He gives another ball handler, another creator, another shooter to pair with Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. Those guys can't do everything. They certainly could not tonight. But Lowry comes back hopefully soon, and that will coincide with the Raptors kind of finding their identity again. Things should continue to trend in the right direction once Lowry returns for this Raptors team. I'll have it all broken down on Locked on Raptors tomorrow morning, so please tune in. Yeah, kind of really good game, as you said, for your all-star in Tobias Harris. 23.7 rebounds, five assists from him. Raptors still trying to kind of piece it together, and and though they've been playing significantly better, they're not quite there yet. Yeah, starter Norm Powell, though, has been awesome for the Raptors, and he was awesome again here. 24 points, six assists, uh, four rebounds, three steals for Norm Powell. Uh, His move into the starting lineup has helped them out. A lot, But now you look at the Eastern Conference, this was a much-needed win for, for the Sixers who are, who are on top of the East, and the Brooklyn Nets are right there behind them a half game back. But only six games separate the top seed from the ninth seed, Charlotte Hornets, and then Miami six and a half games back. Atlanta's only seven and a half games back. It's a very tightly packed race. The Celtics go into Atlanta on Wednesday night, if the Celtics lose, they can go from the sixth seed to out of the playoff picture. In the, so that's how tight things are in the East. If Toronto, credit to them, have risen to the fifth seed at this point. Yeah, look, and it's nice for the Sixers to be able to kind of weather the storm when Joel Embiid has just a completely off night and is really just limited in that. Like, those are the type of wins that make you feel really good about what your team can do in the playoffs to kind of weather a game last uh, like that. And then final game on the night, we had the Nuggets beating the Trailblazers 111-106. Let's go to Locked on Blazers with the recap here. Not, not enough game time down the stretch. What up, y'all? It's Mike Richman, host of Lockdown Blazers. Coming to you live on Tuesday night after the Blazers dropped their third straight game, 111-106 in Denver. Nikola Jokic was dominant. 
but the Blazers hung right in there thanks to a vintage Carmelo Anthony performance back in back home in Denver. But this game really came down to two point guards. In the fourth quarter, Jamal Murray got hot and carried the Nuggets to a win. And Damian Lillard, who Portland had been so accustomed to being magic at in crunch time, really struggled. Dame's struggles maybe don't look like everyone else's. He still had 25, 13, and 7. But if you've watched him over the last couple weeks, he just didn't have it tonight. And the Blazers, as currently constructed, can't survive nights when Dame doesn't have it. So that's how they end up with their third loss. Road trip ends Friday at the Los Angeles Lakers. Make sure you listen to Lockdown Blazers for more. All right, Nikola Jokic just, man, he's good. 41 points (laughs) from him on the night. Like, there's not a whole lot left else to say. You know, you got from the Denver Nuggets uh, enough, right? Like, your starters carried you, and that's what they need in this because that bench is, at times, really, really thin. Yeah, another 40-piece for Jokic. I watched him drop a 40-piece against Boston. He's just sick. Uh, from the Blazers' perspective, uh, Dame, again, like you said, just didn't get enough touches down the stretch, but he did have 25 points and 13 assists and 24 off the bench for Carmelo Anthony. He's not an all-star, but people were kind of making it out to be with how he was playing in this one. And look, I, I'm not convinced on this Denver team. You know, they, they played eight guys in this and really are thin there and need to look to kind of bolster it just a little bit, I think, but... Look, when, when you get tw- uh, 41 from Jokic and 24 from Murray, you're going to go pretty far at least. Yeah, look, it's, I think it's time for Denver to start cashing in on some of these assets. Yeah, it's 100%. To, like, like, you're going to make a move. Do something here. You've got to consolidate some of this stuff. We've been talking about this for like a season and a half. Like, start throwing like, Michael Porter Jr., is not untouchable. I'm he sorry. Should be. He wasn't amazing in this game. And look, look, they, they were without Paul Millsap, Gary Harris, Jamichael Green. You you need another guy there, right? Right. Like, I I love depth, and in this season in particular, depth is important because of all of the COVID stuff and all of the other issues that you face. But there's, it, you still need the high end talent and. For Jokic and Murray, like Murray's been kind of, I think, struggling with the season. I know he's had that with that elbow uh, that, that he's been dealing with. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been doing all right uh, lately. You can't ride these guys for too long. You're still the Nuggets who, who fought harder than any team fought in the bubble that got to the conference finals. So you still had a short turnaround. These 38 minutes for... Jokic and Murray cannot keep continuing for, for the Nuggets. You need to get them some help. You need to get them one more person. You get, I mean, we talked about Beal earlier, and he doesn't want to be traded, but, like, if you throw – I don't know if they the have table, the pieces to get him. Like, I, yeah. I just don't see them being able to pull, like, pull that move off compared to what other teams could put out there, and I think that's sure. kind of the problem. And sure, that, and that's, that's fair. But if you throw Porter on the table – then who knows what you can get? And who knows? All it takes is one GM to say that guy's potential is worth more than whatever this, this team's offer is in the now. And, and that's the whole thing with Porter. It's all yeah. about the potential. 
Oh, look, I'm, I'm with you. And look, that upgrading them would make them significantly better than where they are, which is kind of a, at a, distance, a disappointing spot, I think, right now at 16 and 14. And they should be better than they are. And a lot of people had them really making a leap, but they're seven in the West. So they, it feels like this is their season to do it, and they, which means they need to do it. But Adam Mares of Locked On NBA here and Locked On Nuggets going to have more on that, and that's as good of a spot to end today's show. So let us know who do you think was an all-star snub, of course. And as always, on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales, at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter, and I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you all next week.